Hello, I'm Jim Mallard, host of The Mallard Report. On The Mallard Report, along with my guest, we will have a conversation where we will share thoughts and opinions. For more information, my bio, past shows, social media links, and so much more, visit mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D dot com. And thanks for listening. Yeah, I haven't switched everything up yet. A lot of things on my mind walks, but we'll get there probably here after a bit. Um, first and foremost, School of Errors, schoolofairs.com, the new school safety book by Dr. David Perodin. Uh, Dr. David will be appearing with us August 6th, uh, the day his book comes out, and I understand it'll be in national retailers that day. I don't want to get into which ones. I don't know if which ones are going to have it what day and uh, all that other stuff. Um so I don't want to get into all that, but it's going to be really able, you're going to be able to get your hands on it. And it's a good book. I've uh, got a uh, for, uh, advanced copy of it, and uh, it's a good book, obviously, because I'm um, allowing him to lead the show of it. And uh, I, well, I'm not just saying that. It's a good book. It's, we're going to, it's going to be a smart, it's a smart book. You guys will enjoy it. Even if you don't have child-age children, it does impact you in one way or the other. Um, if you abstract it out to your workplace or any public place or anything else you can if you let your mind wander just enough you'll be able to go there hold on just a hello hello can you call me back on the other number the uh Okay, I'll, I'll, I love Skype sometimes. Okay, hold on. Okay. That's our guest calling me on my actual cell phone, which is just always fun. That's why you do that, because, you know, these things are lovely. Okay, sorry about all that. Uh, yes, Brian Bowden was on Space Out Radio last night. You should probably go check that out. Um, Brian's a friend of the report, and... Uh, did fairly well in the part that I heard before I went to sleep. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, gonna hear some ringing here in a second. Hey there, I can't get to the phone right now, but if you leave me a brief message and your phone number, I'll get. Hang up. No, let's see. Here we go. I think. <laughs> Maybe. Did that actually connect? I'm. I'm here. <laughs> Because I was calling you and it popped up that you were calling me and I'm like, oh, well, geez, this is not going to end well. But Elena, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, I'm going to butcher your last name, so just be prepared to correct me. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Sordardo Schwinn? Servidio Schwinn. Too much time. Overfought it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, phonically would have worked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the... Sometimes you know you get you get too carried away with yourself and you overthink things. I I, I know that far mm-hmm. too well. Okay, so I don't even know where to. I mean, I know you're here because you're a medium, but there's a circle around you of all this other fun stuff you do. Let's, I guess let's start with being a medium first, and then we'll work our way out to the edges of everything that I, I uncovered. And let's okay. let's start with the hard question: When did you discover that you were? I was born this way. 
Um, so it's kind of something that's run in my family. And I guess when I would have to say my family realized I had the gift, uh, when, when as I was almost three years old and I started talking to my father's father who had passed away long before I was ever even born. And, you know, I was, you know, able to talk to him and do things that would make my father understand who I was speaking to. And that's when they realized that I could see spirits and dead people and converse with them, which honestly is a gift that everybody has, but we all only use a certain portion of our brain. So some of us have evolved a little bit more through time than others, and we're a little bit more open um, and not as afraid to use the gifts that, in a way, we've all been gifted with. We just don't know how to use. I was going to say, you said we all have been gifted with. I know there are times that, you know, people tell me that I am, but of course I just kind of scoff and laugh because every time, you know, for every one thing that I get right, I say 10 others that aren't nearly even close. Well, a lot of people, like when you talk to people, everybody has a gift to a certain point, okay? And it's all on how open you are and doing, being who you are and what you do for a living, you're, you're open to it. So it's easier, say, from somebody from the other side to speak to you because we all have this ability. So if you talk to somebody and they say they're seeing flashes of light that go by them really quick or they'll go somewhere in the back of the hair, the hair on the back of their neck starts to stick up or they feel a pressure when they enter into a room, that type of thing. Those are all in, being intuitive. Just like I said, it, it's how open you are. I'm extremely gifted. It's not something that I've ever had to work on. It's just something that I am. I can't control and I have no choice about it. Other people can turn, choose to turn things on or true things off or do certain exercises to help them open up to a point. If that makes any sense to you. Because you have to understand we're all energy. And that's why we're able to feel each other. Um, and even know if each other's thoughts, if you're really connected to somebody, say somebody you're in love with or, or that's here on this plane and you're really connected to them and then you can know by just looking at them what they're thinking. You can finish sentences, that type of thing. So everybody has it to a certain degree. Just some of them don't see things plainly and as clearly as say I would or somebody else. So. I, I, I have this in my head, but I can't remember which way it goes, so you're going to have to help me clear this up. You you read mm-hmm. past past people. You're not predicting the future, right? Um, no, I do past, present, and future. I do past, present, and future. Um, I'm a crossroads healer. I do life path work. Um, and you have to understand, being a medium, I'm a medium. I'm, I, I explain it as kind of being like a psychic on steroids. Um, because I'm a mystic, I'm an oracle. I see past, present, and future. But when, if I was sitting with you and having a session with you where I got something on you, I would not only tell you what I was getting, but I would actually decipher it for you and help you to go down the path that you're meant to go on or deter you from taking a path that you shouldn't be, okay? So I take my gifts and I actually help people heal or live really abundant lives. Um, not turn around and say, like, if you go to a boardwalk psychic and they turn around and say, oh, you're going to meet the man in your dreams in three months or you're going to get the job that you want. And then all of a sudden, people don't understand. All of a sudden, they're taking that face value. They expect it. And then at that point, they've changed their future because then you're already expecting it. 
so you're not doing the work or putting yourself in the positions you normally would that would have allowed this to come to pass. So it's not like I give people information and then just send them on their way. And then all of a sudden, three or six months later, somebody comes back to me and says, you were full of, you know, am I allowed to say anything I want the way when yep, it comes out yep. of my mouth? Or, okay. Anything you um, want. <laughs> Actually, um, I have some live chatters who prefer you say whatever the you want because, okay, they, because they have a quote-unquote... As I say, they have a quote really unquote drinking game that goes with it. I don't know how many of them are actually drinking, but I obviously don't encourage drinking, okay. you know, above, you know, anyways, but anyways, go ahead. But, but, <laughs> um, it, well, turn around and say you're full of shit. There you and go. then come back and say that to me. If I work with you, and I always tell people, if you actually come to me and I sit with you, I'm going to tell you exactly what I see. I'm not going to turn around and sugarcoat anything. I'm going to tell you or suggest, because you really can't tell anybody anything. Some people you can, some people you can't. Um, what you need to do. And when you come back in three months or a month later, because I uh, people who come back with me and I work with them, you'll walk through my door and I'll look, you didn't do, I, I'll turn around and say, you didn't do a goddamn thing I told you to. I said, and the universe bitch slapped you again, didn't it? So now the thing is, is if you come to somebody like me and we're helping you and we're giving you knowledge that you need that's going to assist you, because if you came to me, you came to me for a reason. Then at that point, if you don't heed the advice you're given or at least put some of it into play that makes sense to you, the universe is going to say, we already told you what to do. You didn't listen. So now we're going to bitch slap you. So then all of a sudden you go back a couple of steps. You come back and I look at you and then I read you again. I actually had a client who became a very good friend of mine that went through this for five years. And every time she didn't listen and she went against what I was telling her, Things got a little bit worse, a little bit worse, a little bit worse till she finally listened. Now, that doesn't mean things are going to go bad for you. It means, and I'll say it this way, spiritually, God only helps those who help themselves. A wish is a prayer. You know, a prayer is a hope that can come into a reality, but you have to work to make your dreams and your wishes come true. Everything requires everybody, ourselves and with the universe, working jointly to have this happen. So it means if you get to the point where I boldface tell you what to do and you look at me and you decide not to do it, at some point the universe is going to pull the the carpet out from underneath your feet. You're going to land on your ass and you're not going to have a choice. So is it going to be really hard, say, to crawl out the well? Yeah, because at that point you're really going to have to work for it, but you made it hard for yourself because they had given you an out. But you will eventually get back to where you were meant to be. It's just going to take you longer to get there. And why in the world... Would you want something that could have been done in six months to take six years and you have to go through a whole bunch of bullshit in the first place? Uh, so if that makes any sense It makes you. perfect sense to me. I mean, I've been kind of living with this now for years now, so it all um, makes sense to me. Uh, but, okay, let's go. I'm trying to figure out where I want to go because there's like, I'm sitting here, I can see different things I want to talk about, but I don't know how to prioritize them. So we'll just go here. Uh, when it comes to past lives, now, somebody out there is going to roll their eyes so far back in their head it's going to spin. But we're just going to go here. I'm mm-hmm. just going to be straight with you because you're kind of straight, so we're just going to do this. Um, I don't, okay. I can't count how many people have been reincarnated as Marilyn Monroe or uh, Caesar or, you know, any number of celebrities. They were there or they were that person. And I'm just like, where oh, in the world did you, I mean, where in the world did you ever come up with that concept? And then they, they tell me, and I'm like... You heard what you no. wanted to hear or got what you wanted to hear. You know what I'm saying? There's, there, no. you know, I, I've never heard a story about, you know, I in the 7th century, I was the town idiot. Never hear that story. Oh, okay. 
You know what I'm saying? There's all these famous there people, people coming back. They've, they've, they've come back. As, none of them came back. There was only one Marilyn Monroe. I'm sorry to tell you. There is only one. There was only one Joe DiMaggio. There's only one Stalin. There was only one Hitler. That's just the way it is. Um, which means all these people could not have come back. Could they have lived at that time? Because I've done past life regressions for people. I can turn around and tell somebody how many lives they've been here, how many turns around the clock that they've been here. And you have to understand, you know, we live multiple lives, okay? So you could turn around. I've read people and turned around and all of a sudden knew why somebody, like, if you really research past lives and people's illnesses, say somebody who has asthma or can't breathe, okay? In a past life, they could have drowned. Um, they could have been, I worked with one woman when I looked at her and the sadness that she had, and I knew she was one of the, the um, priestesses that was back in the days of Pharaoh. And I turned around, and I was able to bring her back. And when she was brought back into this past life regression, everything she had seen, she had been locked in the, the tomb alive. And she suffocated, you know what I'm saying? She, she died being locked in the tomb because that's what her plight in life was. And she took that with her into multiple lifetimes. So sometimes the only way to, to effectively change something that you're experiencing is, is to go back in the past life regression because you're not going back to that time. You're actually, it's like an OBE outer body experience. You're going back to a time where you once lived. You're recognizing it seeing actually what happened to you in that lifetime, coming to terms with it, and you're able to actually release and let it go so that when you actually um, come back, that affliction is now gone because you've kind of come to terms with it. Um, so it's, it's one of those things, and there's been multiple studies and books and things that have been written on this and so much work. Um, so did people come back as Marilyn Monroe or Joe DiMaggio or any of them a billion times? Absolutely not. Their spirit is still viable, you know, their energy is still around, so you can absolutely relate to that, that, that person who was, was, but it does not mean you were them. So they're just in their own little dream state, is what I would like to call that, their own version of reality, if that makes any sense. Yeah, well, I mean, we all, never mind. Some people have, <laughs> not we all, some people have their own fantasy land and some people have reality. Okay, I said it. Yeah. Um, now, now for you, I know some mediums enjoy the the one on one sitting across the table from people. Uh, others I've I've talked to for the years enjoy the phone. You know, th th there seems to be a it clears their mind. They don't have to worry about how they're talking with their hands or whatever. You know, we all have these things that we get apprehensive about when we're meeting with somebody for the first time. Often, um, is there a method that you prefer? Is there one or the um, other. If if you've ever, um, I love being one on one with people in their presence. Um, but on, it doesn't matter. I can be on the phone. I can read somebody through a picture. I can you know do it through writing on the internet. I can read somebody off of you because I got a beat on them off of you because you're linked to them. Um, anybody that has ever known me or worked with me will tell you when I enter a room, something actually happens when automatically people just calm down. So there's, there's a gift that I have, and, and I'm not necessarily aware of it, but I've been told that when I've actually worked with people and read with people, they've seen somebody that is usually one way of just totally become at ease and just be calm. 
So it's like I it's I like having the person to person contact the contact because it's so much more important because what I'm telling you is personal and it matters and a lot of times it's a hurt that might be brought in, being brought up that has to be um, attempted to be fixed or help somebody work through and it's so much easier to deal with somebody face to face so they can actually see you and know that you're genuinely trying to help them and you care about them and say somebody typing to you on the internet or speaking to you on the phone but even speaking to me on the phone people understand and get the feeling of what the truth is and it's all about standing in your truth so for me it's really any which way it's going to happen um, I'll be walking down the street or I'll be at a, a supermarket line and all of a sudden I can't help when people do come to me and um, one story I tell I was in a supermarket in Matawan, New Jersey and was in line and all of a sudden somebody's grandmother came to me it was the cashier's grandmother and wanted me to tell her granddaughter to leave the person that she was with because she knew that he was harming her and burning her with cigarettes and she was wearing a crystal on her neck so there was a huge line of people sitting there and I go here we go. So I get my stuff and I start walking away. Because a lot of times you have to be careful where you open up and tell somebody some information. But she kept on getting louder and louder as I walked away and said, no, you're doing this now. So for me not to aggravate her and piss her off and not have it bother me until this happened, I went back to the front of the line. I said, excuse me one second, please. I looked at the cashier. I turned around and said, listen, I'm not crazy. I have to give you a message from your grandmother. She died six months ago. This is how she died. She wanted me to let you know that she is with you and watching over you and that you need to leave your boyfriend that you're with now. She knows she's the, that he's abusive and he burns you with cigarettes. And then I looked at her and said, and the crystal that you're wearing is the wrong crystal. You need to switch it. And then I told her the crystal that she needed. And then I said, thank you very much. And she looked at me and she's like, oh, my God, how did you know? And I said, because your grandmother told me. I said, okay. So then I just got my stuff said, you know, gave my apologies to the line behind me and I walked out the store. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that when it happens, it happens. Yeah, that's, that's always, um, I always joke with people, people ask me because I, invest ghost hunt, uh, are you worried about bringing something home with you from an investigation? And I'm like, no, I'm more worried about bringing something home with me from Walmart or somewhere where I'm not paying attention for it and it just, attaches and follows me home and makes my life miserable and it sounds yeah, like i've done quite a few i've done quite a few ghost hunts they're always fun so that was one of the questions that somebody popped up so we crossed that one off the list um do you enjoy doing them i mean because some people go i mean um whether i'm drawn to places where there's spirits even anywhere you know my kids will tell you everywhere we've ever left there's been something there um, I've always been, most of my homes have ended up on a crossings where people would be crossed over kind of thing, the triangulation or the way the energies meet. Um, I do enjoy going on ghost hunts because it helps give people knowledge, but the majority of the ghost hunts that I've been on was to actually try to remove something from a home or in protection of people type of thing. So a lot of the times when I've gone, we've done the fun ones, like at the, the graveyards and cemeteries and in regular homes. And other times we've had to go in and when something was harming somebody or a family member or something like that. So those I take very seriously because of the situation people are in. So it's just part of who I am. So I don't even know if it's necessarily enjoying doing something. It's just being who you are, and I'm here in service, so whatever I'm called to do is the job that I'm going to do at that particular time. 
and hopefully effectively make a difference and help somebody in the process and try attempt to keep them safe. Because unfortunately, I have run into some agents and some very non-benevolent spirits um, and have had to grid them and everything else. Because ancients, you know, you can't remove. You, all you can do is contain them. So since we're at this crossroads, uh, kind of speaking of crossroads, um, is because okay, we're gonna let's, let's let's talk the urban legends that uh, three a.m. is the best time to talk to the spirit and um, like fall, spring, seas- you know, seasonally, these things are better. Is there any tr- any truth to any of that urban legend? Um, you know what? I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Where does an urban legend come from? Well, they come from the city because uh, I live in rural Pennsylvania, so they get passed to okay. me. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's fairy tales, stories. Uh, I don't. There's no such thing as fiction. Okay. Uh, every story comes from a truth, and it's all about perception. Somebody like me, and if you're somebody who's really in tune with the elements, which I am very in tune with the elements, you understand the process of when the world awakes and when the world rests and sleeps, okay? So there's different times of year where you have the longest day on Earth when you have all the energy from the sun, but I draw the same energy from that that I do from the moon. So for me, I can activate it any time of year, but there's so many people that need those ceremonial rites, the ceremonial times where they think that's where they're going to go and draw their power. Um, and that's something that they put on themselves. And I think it's actually a self-made curse that people put on themselves because I can do what I do any time of year. I know what to draw on and I know what to link into and what to lock into, whereas other people are using specific times um, and saying that this is the best time I'm going to be able to make a connection. Now, I did see a question on here where they said, does she get her powers that strengthen three times a year? Um, I call it an upgrade. And uh, people like me, we usually get a pretty severe upgrade about once a year that happens three months before our birthday. So it runs for three months. Um, and it, it can be a very rough time for us depending on the abilities that are being heightened or the new abilities that are being given to us. So I've gone through that upgrade every single year that I can remember from the time I was little, um, and it was always three months before my birthday. So whereas if, if I was linked to you and I knew something was going on, normally I'd send you a text or give you a call and say, yo, what's going on? I see this, this, this on you. I'll tell people during this three months, if you have stuff going on and you haven't necessarily heard me, it's because I'm going through an upgrade, so I have all this stuff going on. So if you need me, you need to give me a phone call so that I can actually focus on what's going on with you because of what's going on with me. So that's that's kind of how that works. So I did see that in the chat room where somebody had asked that kind of question. It, it's funny you mentioned this because while it's not parallel, it is parallel, and you'll understand here in a second. Um, my birthday is the end of August, and I just sent out in the newsletter that we're um, changing some stuff in the back end, upgrading some things. So as you're sitting here talking... Well, it's not a metaphysical upgrade. It's a, well, it's kind of a metaphysical upgrade. It's all digital. I don't get to touch it. I just have to push a bunch of, bunch of buttons. So, just interesting as those things co- combined in my head here. Okay. So. You're, you're actually, you're actually at a really interesting point in your life right now. Uh oh. 
Well, it's, it's not a bad it's not a bad thing, but with some stuff that's going on with you, especially on a professional level, okay, and um, you really have to become optimistically aggressive about what it is you want. You really have to focus on because you're looking for a little bit more expansion, and you really have to focus on the expansion and the growth and aggressively go after that and know it's going to happen, but it's only going to happen if you actually push through it. Does that make sense to you? And you have to be a little bit more disciplined with your plan. So it's all about you strategizing a little bit more and being a little bit more focused and disciplined and having certain boundaries in place. Because sometimes people do best you in the way because of your nature where you'll kind of bend a little bit or let down a boundary that you shouldn't, that you need to stand strong with. So you actually know exactly what it is that you want to do and how to get it done. You just have to allow yourself to force other people to see your way for once. Because if you do that, then you're going to get to the point where you'll start really having true prosperity with what it is you really love to do, okay, which is a good thing. You just have to have clear vision and pay attention to the details and set your plan in motion, and you can't back down. So that's kind of what I get on you initially right now. That's, that's yeah, anyways, you're all over it within <laughs> a couple of feet so, of accuracy. <laughs> so, you know. So the other, the other the, as I, I stare at my notes that I started with originally, um, you're not the first person to mention, or I guess you didn't mention it yet. I'm mentioning it to you. Uh, the twin flame concept. Um, originally, the first time I heard it, I was kind of um, mind blown by it. But now that I've come to put my hands around it a little bit more, I don't want to say I have okay. them around it, but I, you know, starting the the pot of clay. I'm starting to get a pot of clay out of the big lump of clay on this. I'm starting to get my hands on it. So. For my listeners out there who like are like me the first time, can you give it a little brief, brief uh, overview of how that works? Okay. What if anybody? All right. If everybody, I'm assuming that is not here is human and has human feelings and have, have gone through a human life. Um, and that there's some in the, there's some in the chat room that argue about, but continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but if you're here right now, you know, it, it, any form, and let's even go there, any energy, we have another half. We all have the masculine and the feminine part of us, okay? So what a twin flame, it's the half that makes you whole. So the way I like to put it is, is there's somebody out there, like, you have your heart, and we've all gone through so much shit, and our heart has holes in it. And people turn around and say people's hearts break, but they mend, but the pain never goes away, and all that other stuff. So when you actually, when their heart is put up against your heart, where your holes are, their heart filled it, and where their holes are, your heart fills. So then at that piece, so that time when you actually get to be with your twin flame, which is not a common occurrence, you're completely whole. There's nothing in this world that you need. So usually your twin flame is somebody who, and understand, they've traveled lifetimes. They were made at the same exact time you were made, and they are your other half. Um, so their lives, they've run parallel to you. So they've gone through the same types of things, had the same amount of children, experienced things differently, but usually sometimes it's at a different pace. You even have twin flames that could have 
passed away before you and then decided not to move on to the next lifetime because they were going to wait for you, so they end up being your spirit guide. When people say they make their soulmates, we all have a ton of soulmates, people that we connect with, okay? But your twin flame is the one that makes you whole. And at that point, when you talk about past lives, we go through the things in our lifetime, and when it's actually time for us to be able to go home, that's when we actually get to be with our twin flame because that's when we're able to ascend because you can't ascend until you're whole. But we have to go through certain levels until we get there. And it's also teaching people not to settle. When I work with twin flame work and relationships and stuff with people, too many people um, have a problem being alone. They don't like to be alone. They don't like to um, be put in a position where they're not in love or they don't have another half. So they'll sit there and get into these ridiculous relationships for reasons that they should have never been there, and they settle, and then they end up being miserable and always searching. If people just would have enough patience and do what they needed to do and actually got to know themselves a little bit better, then that would actually draw your twin flame to you versus fighting stuff all the time. I was just sitting here thinking about how, um, you know, when there's that point in any relationship where you think they're the, you know, the yin to your yang, the twin flame, whatever way you want to mushy that out. So how do you step back a step and realize You could be with your soulmate your whole you could be with your you can be with your soulmate your whole life cuz we all have a couple of soulmates um and live extremely happy lives because we're meant to be here a certain period of time. It, the worst thing in the world is this though, you recognize your twin. So in, in this lifetime if you've recognized your twin that they're not in the same space you're at, like they're still bound by their life it's very hard because then you can't be together. So then you have two people that are stuck knowing that their other half is out there, but they cannot be with them because everything has a set time from when it's supposed to happen. And it's all about timing, unfortunately. But you can actually be with your soulmate, a soulmate, somebody that is like you and similar to you and have a completely productive and happy life. But you know that they're not your twin flame because you can only have one. There is only one. There is, is one person in this universe that was made for you. Um, and there is a time that you do get to be reunited with them, and you're reunited with them for always, but it's a process to get there. So what, what shift gears for a few minutes? Because, like I said, there's more around you than just this. And this, I find I find this part interesting, but I find the other stuff interesting because it all plays into you. So let, let's go there. Um MMA and boxing. Now, see, these seem yeah. like con- contrasting styles. That's why I guess. Now, those, those are contrasting styles too. So, what, what's? I mean, obviously, there's some overlap, but not. I mean, you you fill in the blanks here. What what got you interested in that? Okay. Okay. See, I've always been who I am. Okay, right. I've always been a medium, a psychic. I've always done healing, um, and I've always helped people that were hurting. Now. Um, wait, so wait, help have, people that were hurting, and now you're going to hurt them. Okay, go ahead. No, 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 because that is, see, now listen to me. I am a trainer, but I am also a trainer. So I've owned gyms, and I've trained competitors and uh, athletes and boxers and fighters and all of those things. Uh, I've trained people to defend themselves and how to, to disarm without harming people. Believe it or not, some of the people that actually hurt the most 
but have the biggest hearts are fighters. So they're not out randomly hurting and destroying people. It's an organized sport. So I condition them. I, I teach kids how to protect themselves when somebody's coming after them. So a lot of people will mistake a fighter and think that they're violent, and there's really they're not violent at all. You do have some crazy people, just like you have people that are mediums and things like that, that, that delve into things that they shouldn't that would be, say, on the darker side. But I have helped people. I have rehabbed them. I have helped people come off medications. I have helped people with knee problems, all of those things. I have helped people work through all of their shit because when you are a trainer, people open up to you about everything. Um, so it's transformation, mind, body. And so usually when people come to me, they find me, they come to me for a reason. I start working with them. And what makes me such a good trainer is because I have a, a you know, I have an unfair advantage because I can see into people. I know exactly what's going on with them and I know what needs to be done to try to help fix them. So, um, it kind of serves a good person, a purpose in it. But don't don't get it twisted. Uh, boxers and fighters aren't, you know, necessarily violent people. They're just some people that have hurt so badly and gone through so much that their outlet is to hit mitts or hit a bag or to get face-to-face with somebody who is in agreement saying, we're both been through some shit in our life, and this is how we're going to get it out. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just some more primal – it's a more primal way – of solving problems because a lot of people cannot be open enough to turn around and spill their guts to somebody and say, okay, now how are we going to work through this? Because unfortunately we would love to say that it's all peace and love. That's what uh, it's about. But we all know that in this world, the society makes it very difficult. So there are some people that are required to fight and then others that are required to be say diplomatic or the peacemakers. It kind of all works together. So a question I never thought I'd ask on this show, and but I'm going to ask it because you'd be the person to ask it to. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, boxing is all hands and upper body, and you know, it looks straightforward. But there's a science, the sweet science behind it. MMA is much mm-hmm. more physical, much more uh, in the moment, so to speak. Which is harder to prepare to do? Um, if you were going to ask me, I when I, I when I train younger kids. And they come in, they say, I want to be an MMA fighter or a boxer. I'm like, no, you I said, you absolutely do it. I said, if you're going to go into any sport, you go into boxing. Don't go into MMA because your, your shelf life is going to be limited. Because MMA is a little bit more barbaric. Because in that, when you're fighting, it's either submission or you get a knee taken out or, or something like that. Um, so I'm like, you can train like one, condition like one. It's going to get all the shit out of you. But I wouldn't recommend going into it. The sport that I would have somebody go into that I myself would do is boxing. And that's because it's strategy and um, it requires more thinking. It requires you to actually use your brain a little bit more than MMA does. I'm very disappointed in the chatters, but I'll ask you anyways. Who's your favorite boxer? Oh, my God. It's <laughs> uh. so like picking one of your favorite – one of your what's, what's your favorite child, too? We might as well just throw them all out there and – Make you fight. And What's my favorite? My, my favorite what? Your favorite child, you know, because when you have multiple children, somebody asks you who's your favorite, and you just kind of sit there and look at them like they're, well, anyways. I absolutely do not have, I absolutely do not have a favorite. My children are extreme, and I love them all, and that's telling you the truth. I know, that's In what I'm a saying. different way, because they all possess very, 
it's like, you know, uh, it's, 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 it, you really can't, um, answer a question like that when it's within range of your children. But if you're, if you're looking at fighters, you know, I like the older ones a lot better, like Joe Lewis or Joe Frazier, you know, going back in the day, Rocky Marciano, because they were more real fighters. It wasn't as, as political as it is now. And there wasn't as much, um, there's so much politics around boxing right now. And back in the day, it was really more of a human, a human thing versus now where there's so much that goes into fighting. So I like the older fighters versus the newer fighters. But if you're talking locally, like um, Mamu Mayfield, he's a 45-year-old fighter, 46-year-old fighter that's in the Hall of Fame that's trying to keep fighting. And then the powers of B are doing everything that they can to make sure that he can't fight anymore because they're trying to say that he's too old and he can't do something. But he continues to fight because his purpose and what he's doing is so that his gym can actually help younger children and get them off the street. So it's like that's fighting with a purpose. And it has nothing to do with all that other bullshit. And he's going up against the odds. So I'm kind of like that type of person, too where I like the people that actually fight for something that they believe in and have a good reason behind it. Otherwise, you have to go back to the old fighters because that's when they really were fighting. So, the transition back. This is going to be a fun question. Hmm? The transition back to being a medium. Has the um, discipline of being a, um, training people and all that other stuff help you as a medium? It was the vehicle that gave me the opportunity to help people on a larger scale. Anybody who comes, you have to remember, we're all part of the same soul family, okay? And so if you're speaking to me, or if whoever's even listening, it means we're part of the same family. We've been in contact for many lifetimes. Um, and we're at the same place together at the same moment. So we're all connected. So for me, it was, it was just a vehicle for me to help people on a larger scale, not only emotionally, but just completely feeling better about themselves and making them stronger. Because to get through this lifetime and everything that we go through in this lifetime, you have to be extremely strong. Being human and living is not for the, for the people who are weak. So it's, it's one of those things that it just helps me do what I do better. Because I never not, I always see people, like if you and I were going somewhere, I could walk into the room and tell you everybody's nature. If you were to tell me about somebody who was trying to do a business with you, I could turn around and talk to you about that person and say, don't go into business with them. You can't trust them, and this is why. So I can't turn off what I have. I can just kind of direct it into the direction that it needs to go. So going back into time again, um, where did mm-hmm. you did you grow up around a church or were your I mean how how did your parents take this because often that, there's always a story there about how they either immediately were an adapter to it or I'm gonna I'll use the bad pun ram church down you know tried to make overcome the other direction you know overcorrect trying to okay. make it better okay so here this is religion is like my favorite thing to go over because. Um, I'm a spiritualist. I was, I'm Italian. My grandparents on both sides were from Italy. This ran in my family. Now, for years, um, Catholic Church and all those religions said that people like me are evil. And it's like, number one, I'm not evil. First of all, my gift is a gift from God. I have direct links to angels. I work with the Archangel Michael. You know, I can go through 
the ascended masters and everything that came through. Um, I know the history of the church, where it came from. I went to Catholic school and public catechism. So I had basically religion every single day for an hour. I went to church two times a week and was part of youth group. My mother and my grandmother were all gifted. But back in the day, you couldn't basically say, do your work out in the open, because there were people that were being ignorant or wanted to have control over a situation, um, which a lot of churches have a tendency to want that type of power and control over their parishioners or whoever's going and worshiping. Um, so they would condemn us. Now, a couple of years ago, um, the Pope, my favorite guy, turned around and made a statement and, and talked in length about how a religion without a mystic is just a science. He kindly made, kind of made people like me legal. There are actually priests in the Catholic Church and in other churches that do healings, um, and they're ordained, and it is approved by the churches. Um, more light workers have come out where you have people who are energy workers and heal people like, you know, Reiki practitioners and things like that. So, and if you go back in history, there was actually a saint who was a mystic just like me, and uh, she was sainted Pope Benedict. Um, so it's just ignorance and fear, because Jesus, if you are a Catholic or a Christian, there's no way in the world that God would only give, and there was 13 apostles, not just 12, would not give the earth 13 apostles that lived over 2,000 years ago and had a human life form and didn't sprinkle through time other people who were prophets and evangelists and healers and, and had the gift of vision or sight. So if you really think about it, there's people like us that have been here a long, long time, but the world is just opening up and accepting the fact that we are real and we're not evil and we're only here to help. And you had said something about uh, earlier, which we were talking about the 3 o'clock in the morning. A lot of people said it was 12. No. Uh, the number 3 is very important, usually between 3 or 3.30, 3.33, usually in that time frame in the hour, is the time of the ascended masters. So it's not necessarily a time that evil spirits come out. It's just a time where kind of like a portal or a gateway open where a lot of people like me, um, actually that's when we get messages or we get upgraded, things of that nature. So um, that is a valid time for when things happen spiritually and metaphysically throughout the world. So I'm uh, the question flew through the chat room. They're, they're having a good time tonight. And uh, But the question is, what do you think about the rise of exorcism? You mentioned the Catholic Church, probably where this all comes from. Uh, people the rise of what? Exorcisms? People doing exorcisms? Yeah. What yeah. do I think? I think that they're they're becoming... Are we more identifying them, like the people that need them, or is there something else darker, or people just being more... Um, what's the word? The people that to, to, to go through an exorcism, there has to legitimately be something that's going on for anybody to open up that door, because anybody that's performing an exorcism, um, it, it's it's actually a fairly dangerous thing, which I know you know because you've gone and you know you you've done paranormal investigations and you know what you run into. I think it's wi more widely accepted now. Uh, people aren't necessarily deemed crazy anymore, so they're not as afraid. To come out and ask for help. Yeah. So I think that's because because so that's that's where the rise it is because you have all the all the uneasy everything that's going on in this world. There's so much. Let's use the word evil or dark forces because you have to have 
darkness and light, but if you've ever noticed, darkness can never succumb light. So even if you had a candle in the darkness, it's going to burn. You really can't get rid of it kind of thing. Um, so it, I think people just aren't as afraid anymore to come out and say that they need help or that somebody is being possessed. Because you know if somebody's being possessed or hurt. You, you absolutely know it. You can't, you can't doubt it. I mean, I've worked with people where somebody came in and they were being actually um, controlled by, per se, a, a Wiccan or a witch, actually a voodoo uh, lady in, in um, Louisiana. And uh, this guy had basically, with his dreams and everything, were being tortured and she was kind of coming to him and inhabiting him. And when he came to work on me and I was in the store, I was at, or came to get help, and I sat there and I looked at him and I had two of my other friends. I said, I can get this woman off of you. I can remove her, but unless you get rid of your fear, and he was conscious of it, unless you're willing to keep her off of you and have the faith to keep her away, she's going to come right back into you again. And I'm putting myself in too much danger at that point to do this work. I have to know that you can fight through this because just because you get something out doesn't mean that they can't go right back in again. So I've got a random question for you because this is going to, it's, it's relevant, but it's random. Um, mm. I, there are times that people get songs stuck in their head and I've been dealing with this for a while and I've incorporated into that. Somebody's trying to get me a message that I'm just not paying attention to. So they stick these lyrics of a song in my head because that's something that, it's more pliable than, you know, whatever that I'm not paying attention to. How do you feel about that? Is, is that, are those kind of, uh, or seeing an animal or, you know, there's any other number of things that people have come to no, with. you get people, people get signs. And when you have a certain song that keeps going off or certain words and songs that you're hearing, like the, you know, the same type of phrase in multiple songs or, um, I have a friend that in the dead of winter, when she's getting a sign for somebody, she sees two yellow butterflies. It doesn't matter what time of year it is, and they always come in twos. So if you have something that, that's somebody either getting a message to you or something in your psyche that's waking up that you need to recognize and remember, because it could be a memory. You have to remember our past lives do come back. We do start remembering in our current lives. So sometimes they will come through the veil in the form of a song or deja vu or things like that. So it's just really trying to focus on it and seeing if it's a message for somebody. And if it's a message from somebody, when you hear the song or see the sign, you'll get the feeling of the presence of the person that it is attached to. But you have to focus in on it. Well, that's the problem. You just said focus in. Okay, I got it. That's mm -hmm. the problem. You have to focus in. Mm -hmm. Normally, I'm too busy trying to decipher what, not who. Well, you know, not even what. How about don't even focus on what or who. How about just focus on feeling, allowing yourself to feel it. Because then if you focus on feeling it, allowing yourself to feel it and not overthinking it, then your gut instinct in your heart is going to give you the answer that, that you're looking for. Because your head's going to overthink it and get in your way. You don't have, not everything has a, a direct reason why. Some things you're just meant to feel and then meant to know. It's getting a knowing. So all of a sudden you'll get epiphany or something will come on and you'll think about it and you're like, oh, wow, I got it. And all of a sudden you'll say out loud or in your head, I got it. That means somebody gave you an answer and you're responding like, okay, I got it. I heard you. That's what that's all about. And most people don't even recognize that they're doing it. 
You'll have to forgive me. I normally do this a little bit earlier in the interview, but we got wrapped into some good stuff. Um, what's your website? I know you're doing um, on Monday night. You're gonna have to tell me about. You're gonna have to fill in the details because my mind just totally shot them um, all off the bird. But on Instagram, you're doing. Go ahead. I'll let you well, do it instead um, of me stumbling all over it. It's because there's there's so much that I do in my gifts. See, when you're a medium, you're not just a medium. You know, if somebody says they have one gift, they're a psychic, they're a clairvoyant, a clairaudient, a clairsentient, that's a bunch of bullshit. If you have the gift, you possess all of the gifts, okay? Some of us, like me, like I, I just naturally do what I do. Um, some people actually try to fine-tune their gifts a little bit more, but we do all of these things. So if you're actually really in service and you accept who you are, and this is something that just grows and expands. Okay, so that's why there's always so much around me because I, I kind of delve into everything. I don't let myself get put in a box. I never will. So my website is www.oneheartonespirit.com, and you spell out the word one. Um, and going up there, uh, you know, uh, talks a little bit about the stuff that I do, that I'm available to do readings or do events, um, do um, I'm a speaker, that type of thing. I travel all over the place. So it's not like I just stick to the side of the country. I'll go wherever anybody needs me. If you want to bring me there, I'll go. Uh, we'll figure it out. Um, so it's a way that people can get in contact with me or set up sessions or events. Um, on Mondays, uh, I do from 9 to 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. It's called Mystic Mondays, where I go live on Instagram. And people can come on, and either they can ask me questions or I automatically will see who's on, and I get the feeling of who I have a message for. So I'll turn around and say, like, if you came on, I'd say, Jim, I have a message for you. And then I'd automatically just spout off what I had for you. And then so I'll go from one person to the next in that half hour. And usually it goes over because I'm never somebody that sticks to a half hour. Because just like you and I are going from one subject to another, um, you can't plan something like this. Because if a message comes out for somebody that needs to be talked about, it's going to be put out there. Um, so I do that on Monday nights. Um, and it's just a way for me to help people and for them get to get an idea of who I am and what I do. So, random other question about when you're doing readings. Do you find being near a river or any body of water helpful? Are we still there? It just got really quiet. Yeah, Bitly's a great site, guys. Um, it says we're still connected, but I don't hear any background noise. I love these moments of dead air, you know, because you're not supposed to have any. Um, yeah, it's weird. It says it's still going. Okay, let's uh, bring her back up here in a second. If Skype will let me here. Yeah, it's Skype. It, it's what it is. Hello. Hello, welcome back. It just kind of fell off the bottom. I don't, I don't know. know. And I was trying to call you. I don't know. And I was trying to call you back. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> it, that's how these things go. We'll blame the ghost it's on like the machine. Somebody try, somebody's trying to stop me from saying something. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember what we were talking about. Oh, we were t I, I asked you about uh, 
do you have a stronger connection when you're near a stream, river, water, and then yes. it just it, it just fell off the ocean or fell off the ship? There we go. So yes, the answer is yes. Okay. I uh, resonate, and it's because of the energy of it. Um, I resonate huge with the ocean and with bodies of water. Um, it's actually what grounds me. Um, and just being in nature, nature in general. But if, if I could be on a body of water or close to a body of water, that's where I feel the most at home. I can go anywhere, but my sanctuary is by water. So I know this is the worst class, worst question in the history of the world to ask a psychic, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna preference it by saying this. This part of the, part of the show is most of the rest of it is, is, you know, opinion and, you know, not legally binding and all this other fun stuff. And okay, um, I, I started recently ending my show if I just throw numbers out that I quote unquote call Powerball numbers, just because one of these days I might actually hit it and somebody might share it with me. Do you have any strong numbers for me tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on one second. Actually, the funny thing is, I had gotten a number when I was first getting ready to call you, and I have to recall what that number was because usually when I start talking with somebody, I'll get what their working number is. Um, so I actually get, when you actually say that to me, I get three numbers in a row for you and it's a series of six, seven, nine. So I only get three numbers for you. Yeah. So you can do with your six, seven, nine, what you want to do. You can double up your sixes. You can do different combinations. Um, but when you come to the Powerball, it's bullshit. If you've ever noticed people who win the lottery... They're either really, really old people who aren't going to use it anyway. Um, you understand? Look, he normally wins the lottery and what happens with or the Or somebody anything who's already having. rich. Yeah, I've seen that. Yep. So anything anything that worth having never comes easy. If you want your life to stick and you want to have abundance, unfortunately, we have to work for it. Uh, I, you I, get I, a little bit of luck that's involved in abundance, but unfortunately, it's not going to be living in the lottery because then you don't appreciate it and you lose it anyway. Uh, that's why I enjoy doing this kind of as a lighthearted, you know, kind of a way to wrap, wrap up the show as kind of just a, you know, because I know I don't play. So, I mean, I'm never going to win it. So it's, No, I know. I know. I, people always tell me and I look at them like, I'm not giving you any damn Powerball numbers. I said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, I just look at people like, really? Let's just go pick numbers for a hat and see how that works out. It's just about as the same as pulling them out of your head. Just like with the medium. And I have to tell everybody this. If a medium guarantees you that they can get in touch with a loved one, they're full of shit. And I'm telling you why. We can either choose to stay back or we can move on, you know, choose to come back. So you could have lost your great-grandmother and they decided to jump right back into life again, into the world again, and all of a sudden your cousin had a baby and guess what? That's your grandmother kind of thing. We can't guarantee you. So when people come through to us, um, if your relatives or your loved ones are still around, then we can speak to them. But we may not be able to get a hold of your grandmother because they moved on. But your next door neighbor down the street who used to go hang out with every time after school while your mom was still at work and they used to give you cookies and milk, that could be somebody that comes through for you. So don't go in expecting whoever comes through is going to come through and we're going to interpret and give you the messages as they come through to us. But don't get completely heartbroken if um, who you were looking for isn't there. And be very leery of any medium or psychic that guarantees you that they're going to be able to get in contact with somebody because there's no way that they can guarantee that. And that's really important for people to know. 
Good. Just like when I do my, just like when I do my readings, like when I read you, basically, I don't need you to preempt me on what you want to know about you. I always tell people, don't ask me any questions. I don't want to know anything about you. Whatever spirit has for me, this is what's going to come out. Nine times out of ten, it answers every single question you have. At the end of it, if there's clarifications that you need or some other questions you have that are spinning off of that or that weren't answered, I will absolutely speak to you about it. I say, this is the only way you're going to know that I'm not full of shit, is if I sit there and I do a reading or a session with you without you asking me one question. Because to me, it's I take what I do very seriously because I take people's lives into my hands. There's a lot of people that come that are going through a lot of issues or trying to make changes in their lives, and they really do sit and they listen to people like me. So I don't need to be preempted because I want to make sure that I help you in the best way that I can. And sometimes because you want to know something doesn't mean that's exactly what you need to know. That's the fun part, knowing what you need to know mm-hmm. and knowing when you need to know it. And well, and then well, connecting well, every, and like, connecting it all together. Yeah, well, as the, as the joke goes, if I know if I knew now what I should have known then, but anyways, <laughs> life would be a lot simpler. Yeah, but, but I wouldn't yeah, have, have, have believed it anyway. So. Like I was doing, I did because sometimes I'll go on and I'll do lives like in the morning on when I meditate and that type of thing. I'll get a message like a universal message where I know there's a message for somebody out there. I'll, I'll go live like on Instagram or something, and I was talking about people being in harmony. Like the only way to be abundant and have your life is you have to learn how to be with harmony within yourself. Once you have that, then everything else falls into place around you. Everything in nature has to be in harmony. Everything that dwells in us also dwells in nature. It's all connected. So, and then I went on to basically say that um, I don't believe in new beginnings. I think they're bullshit. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. Why would anybody want to start over? You could say, if I had known then, everything we've gone, we've gone through for a reason. And, you know, some of the shit that I've gone through, I don't want to, I haven't failed yet. I haven't failed, but I don't fail. It means if something didn't work out for me, I'm just going to change direction. I learned the lessons that I needed to know. That's what made me who I am. Why the hell would I want to start over again? There is no need for a new beginning. That's admitting failure. We don't fail. It just means we change course. We learn the lessons of what wasn't working for us and apply it so that's something that we decide to, um, a new path we decide to go through will work out for us. So I don't believe in do, I don't believe in that. There's no such thing as a do-over. So you can't end up with any what-ifs. So well, everything you do, make it count. Wow, this hour has just flown by. We're actually up against it. So I want to thank you for uh, sticking with it and working through the phone stuff. That's kind of crazy, but that's how life goes. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm sure we'll talk again down the road. Okay, great. Absolutely. Have a good evening. You too. Almost cut that too short. I tried not to. Life happens though sometimes to me. The views and opinions expressed on the Mallard Report are those of the host and participants. For past shows, social media links, and so much more, visit Mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D. And thanks for listening.
Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources, which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.